all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. I need to be all the way on, Tim. Lift your Bibles. How let's make our confession of faith together. And um, our youth, high school, you make your way to youth lounge. Middle school, you make your way to the training center. Everybody else, lift your Bibles. How let's make our confession of faith together. I'm lifting my phone because that's where I got the Harvest Mobile app so I can get my Bible. Let's say it together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, Selah. Remain standing for just a moment. Go to Psalm 150. Psalm 150, final message of our series, Fall Forward. I teach in series at Harvest so that we can focus on one particular issue for a prolonged period of time. And, uh, and so we're going to end strong tonight. Say, let's end strong. Say it again. Say, let's end strong. Psalm 150, verse 1. Here's what it says. Praise the Lord. You already missed your instruction. It says, praise the Lord. I'm going to give you one more again because some of y'all looking at me and it didn't say look at Bishop. It said, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Now, we call it auditorium, but it's the same thing. Say, uh, say praise him. It says, praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with classic cymbals. Somebody say, God likes it loud. So if you don't like it loud, you're just going to have to get out of your comfort zone because it's going to be loud tonight. Just touch somebody on the shoulder and say, it's going to be loud tonight. Yeah, God likes it loud. It's going to be loud tonight. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath. If you can breathe right now, you just got a command. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I said praise him Wednesday. I said praise him Wednesday. 
Father, tonight we're going to end this series strong. Invade this place like a hurricane. Fill this place till it's overflowing with your presence, till it's overflowing with freedom, till it's overflowing with victory, till it's overflowing with favor. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, uh, just tell somebody what I'm going to teach from tonight. Say, if you want to win, say, learn to win through your worship. You can be seated tonight. This is the final message of our series, Fall Forward, where we've learned not to fall down, not to fall backward, but to fall forward. We looked at a particular scripture in Proverbs several times that says, though a righteous man, we learned in the series that God makes us righteous. Righteousness is to be in right standing with God. When God, when Jesus died on Calvary 2,000 years ago, he gave us righteousness as a free gift, which means anytime you approach God, you're not approaching God as some sinner saved by grace. You're not approaching God as a liar, a cheater, alcoholic, or this, that, or the other. Anytime you approach God, he looks at you and he sees righteousness. In other words, he says you're in right standing with him. Isn't it awesome that we believe in a Jesus that would allow us, watch this, to not do everything right except receive him. And in receiving him, we get to live as if we did everything right. You missed what I just said. Uh, isn't it amazing that we believe in a Jesus that says, I knew you wouldn't be able to do everything right. So I came and lived a perfect sinless life for you so that you could then live as if you live like I did. In other words, he says, uh, isn't it amazing that I have exchanged your seat for my seat. I've exchanged what you should have got for what I got. I took the beating you should have got. I took the whip you should have got. I took the crown of thorns you should have got. And I've made you righteous. Lay your hands on yourself say your name say you are righteous so Proverbs 24 16 says for a righteous man falls seven times seven is the biblical number of what completion you've learned that over these last nine weeks and, and so sometimes when we fall what we're falling actually does is it gives us the ability to be completed in other words sometimes when you fall the fall is good for you because it's making you better making you wiser making you stronger making you see things differently helping you to recognize people differently I think there's a few of us in here that watch this because of some of our falls some of my mistakes and some of our disappointments, there's some folk that we met years ago that if we would meet that same spirit today, we'd be able to look at it and say, wait a minute, I know you because I dealt with you last year. I dealt with you two years ago. I dealt with you five years ago. Sometimes the people you meet, watch this, aren't sent to stay. They're sent as a test. They're sent as a test to see if you learned the lesson last time, to see if you got the picture last time. Ah, I wish I had somebody here say seven times, seven times. In other words, God says, you're going to fall until you're completed, until you get it, which means falls can work for your good if you maximize them, and that's what this series has been about. And it says, though a man, righteous man falls seven times, he shall rise again. In other words, as long as he's got one more rise than his falls. Sometimes we are so preoccupied with the future that we don't realize all I need is one more get up. You're so preoccupied with your 15-year plan and your 5-year plan and your 12-month plan, but sometimes we just need one plan, and that's to get up on Thursday morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be made glad in it. Wednesday may have went down as an L, as a loss, but guess what? I got one more. Is there anybody in here on Wednesday night that can say, I got one more? I got one more rise on the inside of me. I may have taken a fall. I may have been knocked down, but I got one one more. Somebody holler one more. So, 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 so. That's what this series has been about. And tonight, I want to teach you how to win through your worship. Why does the Bible give a command in such a way like it does in Psalm 150? He didn't ask anybody to praise him. 
He didn't ask them how they felt. He didn't ask them what they were going through. He just says, praise the Lord. And then he said, in case you're unsure how to do it, he says, let everything that has breath. What does that mean? It means you're not dead, so stop pretending. Some folk walk around like dead men walking. They walk around like zombies. Oh, this happened to me. This happened to me. They did this. They did that. And yesterday, I just got a whole great excitement about me. And somebody said, whoa, you must be really excited. What you so excited for? I said, I'm breathing. I said, and there's somebody that a few minutes ago took their very last breath, and they didn't get to do everything they were supposed to do. But be, whoo, there it is again. Let everything. There it is again. I, there it is again. I'm still breathing. And if I'm still breathing, God is not done with me yet. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He gives a command because praise and worship is such a powerful tool. It's a supernatural tool. Now, when we think of tools, you think of a screwdriver, you think of a wrench, you think of a hammer, you think of nails, you think of glue, you think of what else? Two by fours, saws, what else? Framing squares, drills, C-clamps, and whatever. But, so, so, so we can visualize that, right? But there's this tool the scripture gives us. It's actually more than a tool. It's a weapon. The scripture says the weapons of our warfare, who's our believers. If you're not a believer in a minute, you're going to be a believer. So it's going to apply to you in just a minute. It says the weapons of our warfare. So check this out. In other words, it's a weapon. Say a weapon. It says they are not carnal. Put the scripture up. But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. It doesn't say what they are. It just tells you what they do. For the weapons of our warfare. Here's the first problem is that you fight like a regular human. See, when you're trying to build something, you use a hammer and nails instead of a holler. You'll catch it in a minute. You'll catch it in a minute. You're going to get it in a minute. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they're not natural. They're not normal. Why in the world would I be shouting and I'm suffering at the same time? Why in the world would I be dancing and I haven't been delivered yet? Why, why in the world would my hands be up and everything in my life is telling me, put them down? It's because the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. Uh, but watch this. He says, but they are mighty in God, meaning they are spiritual. Somebody say they're spiritual. And then he tells you what they do for the pulling down of strongholds, verse 5. And then not only do they pull down strongholds, but, but come on, verse 5, but verse 5, come on, verse 5. But it says they cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So check it out. Not only does it pull stuff down that looks stronger than me, but it casts down the arguments I have with myself about what I'm able to do. And it casts down the arguments that other people bring to me about why my Jesus ain't going to give me what it was that he promised me. And then not only casting down arguments, but every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, if there's anything that comes against God, there's a weapon that is used in order to get me focused back on God. Anything that exalts yourself against the knowledge of God. Certain things come against you with an aim to get you your focus off of Jesus and off of what's important to him. There's these five T's I've taught you in scripture. They're the five things that are important to God. First T, time. That's church attendance. Second T, talent. That's serving in church. Third T, treasure. That's the faithful giving of your tithes, offerings, and first fruits. I teach these so much we made an infographic. 
talent, that's serving in church, treasure, faithful giving of your tithes, offerings, first fruits, thirst, that's passion in our prayer, praise and worship, testimony, inviting people to church. Got it. So the stuff that comes against us is designed to get our focus off of those things. Because Jesus said, seek ye first me. No. If you're talking about I'm seeking Jesus, you're out of line because that's not what the scripture says to do. Jesus said, seek what's important to me. Seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33. Jesus, Jesus speaking, the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom? The kingdom is heaven's attributes on earth. It's what's important to God. God says, proof you love me is that you'll make what's important to me important to you. In other words, Kiki, do you love me? Are you writing? Are you, okay. Uh, y'all not saying anything. In other words, God says, if you love me, make what's important to me important to you. Because if you can't make what's important to me important to you, you don't love me. You just like me a whole lot. But I think there's some people here on this Wednesday night that can say, I don't just love, like the Lord, but baby, I love him. And proof that I love him is I make what's important to him important to me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So, so in other words, God says, God says, there's things that come against you that are designed to get you off focus, to get you in your emojis, to get you feeling some type of way. So watch this. He says, it casts down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, what's the knowledge of God? It's the knowledge of what's important to God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Wait a minute. He says, this weapon's so powerful, it'll alter your thoughts. Bringing every thought, what? Captive. In other words, watch this. It says, this weapon will arrest It'll make it, a, it'll make it, it'll make it captive. It'll arrest any thought that's telling you something contrary to what the word says. Because can we be honest that sometimes in life we can have weapons and things that are coming against us that will get us off focus, get us off kilter, get us distracted, messed up, tied up, tangled up. And the Bible says that this weapon will take every thought that's not helping you and it'll put it in jail. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Why does he need to put it in jail? Because a thought is an actual thing. Most of us think of our thoughts in some abstract, abstract way as if our thoughts aren't actual things, not realizing that thoughts become actions, thoughts becomes words, so therefore thoughts are things, which means if I don't fix my thinking, I'm going to, watch this, inadvertently affect my living. If I do not fix my thinking, I'm going to inadvertently affect how I act, how I talk, how I walk, how I treat people, how I pray, how I give. I'm going to affect everything about my life if I do not first deal with it in my thoughts. So the first thing I got to do is get my mind together. And here's the problem that so many of us have getting our minds together is you're using natural weapons. You're using natural things, talking about 12 steps to this. Not, not against that. That's awesome. But the Bible says there's a weapon that I can use. Uh, you're talking about, well, I sat there and watched this on YouTube and watched this and watched that. And I looked at this and I'm not against any of that. Here's what I'm saying. But the Bible says, why are you using a natural weapon like you're a natural person? He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. Somebody say, I've got a weapon. That weapon that you and I have been given is our praise and our worship. That's why in Psalm 150, he doesn't ask you. He says, use your weapon. If ever, any military in here, ex-military, military, ex-military. Ex okay, cool. All right, check this out. The, 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 the general or the CEO, commanding officer, he doesn't make suggestions. Because you have weapons. And since you have weapons... You have to be told what to do with the weapon that you have. So he doesn't say, if you feel like shooting, shoot. 
In other words, what they do is say, everybody, fire at will. Why do you need to be told what to do? Because the weapon you have is so powerful that you cannot sit back and play with it because this weapon's got the ability to pull down strongholds and cast down imaginations. And somebody say, I got a weapon. That weapon is your praise, and that weapon is your worship. There are nine biblical words uh, that uh, deal with praise and worship. Y'all be seated for just a moment. There are nine biblical words. Uh, that you can stand up in a minute, but just, just let me get where I'm going. There are nine biblical words. Say nine biblical words. Nine biblical words for praise and worship. Most of the times when we think of praise and worship, uh, if you've not been taught properly, then you will not necessarily walk properly as it relates to praise and worship. And you've got a weapon. So it is the equivalent, watch this, of having a gun and never being trained how to use it. You'll leave it in the car when you needed it out somewhere. Y'all not saying nothing, but you don't know what to do with it, which is why so many Christians walk around defeated because they've got weapons that are loaded that they don't know how to fire, that they don't know how to use. But tonight, I speak it into somebody's life. The weapons of our warfare that we've been given, which are praise and worship, you're going to use it tonight, and you're going to see some instantaneous results. Just like many people at that Dream Team party this past Sunday night, they used their weapon, and they saw some instantaneous results. Somebody holler. I got a weapon. You didn't holler it. I said, holler, I got a weapon. First is yada. Yada means to give. Means to give. It means, watch this, my hands are lifted, but my hands, watch this, are giving something. So there are actually two ways to lift your hands in scriptures. There's yada. Then the second is toda. That's to receive something. Okay? Okay? So, so I'm giving something. I'm receiving something. Say giving. Say Then receiving. See, the difference in your position determines the difference in your intention. See, so here's what most of us do. Everybody lift your hands in worship, and you do this. Well, which is that? You don't know, because you got a gun you don't know how to use. You got a weapon you don't know how to use. So when you feel discouraged, you need to say, wait a minute, there's some stuff I need to yada, I, I need to give. And then sometimes there's some stuff I need to total, I need to receive. So God, I give you my problems in exchange for your promise. I give you my stress in exchange for a success. I, I give you what's stressing me out in exchange for what's going to bring me joy. Say yada, toda. So the next time you lift your hands, don't just lift them with the wave like you at a concert. No, you need to say, am I giving or am I receiving? Third word, third word. These are Hebrew words. That's the language of our Old Testament. It's the word Hallel, H-A-L-A-L. It's where we get our word Hallelujah. Hallel to Yah. Hallelujah. Got it? Now, it means to rave. Any form of ravers in here? Some of y'all, I can already tell you ravers because in praise and worship, <laughs> your dance tells the whole story. Don't look at me like you ain't <laughs> I can already tell. You had your little glow stick. I've seen the video. I'm not that. I'm working on it. I used to have glow sticks over here, and then I broke them off. All right, watch this. Say rave. Celebrate. Say act like a fool. That's what Hillel means. So the next time you see somebody acting like a fool, don't say, oh, God, it takes that much. No, they're using their weapon. Did he just bust off the stage and run? Why is he acting like that? I'm using my weapon. Did he just holler and start running across the stage? I'm using my weapon. See, maybe the reason your enemy's still standing is because you ain't fired a shot yet. 
Mm, and I think there's some people in here tonight where you're going to fire some shots across the bow. And the thing that was tormenting you on Wednesday, it ain't going to be standing on Thursday morning. If that prophecy is for you, somebody say, I believe it. It, it is. It is to be radical. That's why you see all the people down at the altar and they're radical. And like, well, that's cool. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not pressuring you. I'm just saying for what you're asking God to do, what if it required you to use more weapons? Like, you know, okay, here's the funny thing is, is when people don't understand the size of the enemy they're facing, so they come up with the wrong weapon. Right? Do you not understand that the enemy's been trying to kill you for years? And, and, and for some of you, it's not been so much naturally. It's been emotionally so that you would die internally from the scars and the things that came against you, from what your daddy did, from what your mama did, from what your cousin did, this, that, and the other. So if he couldn't get you naturally, he said, let me have you be a dead person walking so you are nothing more than a corpse walking around smiling, faking, and pretending. So if he comes at you with a Uzi, you look crazy coming at him with a pocket knife. So sometimes, watch this, when you got something big coming against you, you need to get out the big guns so that you can use your weapon against the thing that's coming against you. Say Hillel. So, so, so when you see people get radical, don't, 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 don't hate on them. Don't tell them it don't take that much. Don't look at them funny if they're hollering at you and you ain't hollering. It's because they just, watched this, discovered that you don't fight Goliath with a pocket knife. You fight Goliath with a... You want to make him know not to mess with you again. Well, shouldn't I go tell Goliath? See, you're missing the point. Your praise and worship are weapons. There's some enemies you won't have to face if you would praise. Uh, there's certain things that would be gone if you'd praise. There's certain things you wouldn't have to contend with if you would praise. That's why when you come to church, have you ever noticed how sometimes it's difficult for you individually to step into a place in praise and worship because you're so distracted? It's because the enemy's got you sold up, baby. He's got you hemmed up so that you're not using the weapons that you got. So he can stand there and whoop your head while you're standing there taking it. But I think there's some people in this place tonight that are going to say, enemy, since you came against me, I got a weapon. I got a weapon of warfare. Somebody say, I got weapons. Fourth word, Hebrew word, Shabbat, it means to shout. So we said, why are you always shouting? Uh, Shabbat means to shout. When you shout in scripture, you're calling things into alignment. You're calling things into order. Fifth word is Barak. It means to kneel down to receive the spoken blessing. So when we kneel, we're not just kneeling, oh, I surrender. That's not what a kneel is. A kneel is, Lord, speak something over me. That's why the scripture has verses like this. And the Lord sang over the people. <laughs> Can you imagine this imagery that when you kneel, God begins to sing a song over you about you? Y'all not saying nothing to me. Can, can you imagine being serenaded by the greatest serenader that there ever was? Because he's the original. He's the originator of serenation. Then there is Zamar. That means to worship with instruments. Worship with instruments. Praise him. Praise him stronger than that. J, I heard it. <laughs> I heard that kick. I heard the kick. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Say praise him with the instruments. Why do you, th why do you have, listen, some of y'all, um, um, why is Bishop have music playing while he's preaching? I'm just trying to hear Bishop. 
They loud. Let me tell you why. Because what, what's happening is I'm creating an atmosphere. I'm using Zamar in order to deal with the stuff that tried to creep in. See, atmospheres are everything. We're going to look at it in a moment. There are certain things that will creep into your atmosphere. There are certain atmospheric shifts I can sense when I get around certain people, and so I can sense it. And so what I'll do is, watch this, is Zamar shifts the atmosphere. I'm going to show you that in a minute. So why do I have music playing while I'm preaching? Is because I need to make sure the atmosphere is always accelerating and never getting stuck because we're trying to be cerebral about what we need to be spiritual about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, then the next word is a laws. That means to jump. Say, somebody say jump. jump. Jesus Christ will make you. Jump. Holy Ghost will make you. Jump. Jump. And if you don't, you're whack. Just so you know. <laughs> somebody say jump. All right, so, so when we jump, we're going to do all these in a minute because you're going to understand what you're doing. So when I say jump, and you're like, God is like, that's what you're losing. <laughs> I know that's like dry humor, right? But I'm like, everybody jump. And you're like, Bishop, I, my knee, Bishop, I got that knee. Well, you better. <laughs> That'll count. Got to do, you got to use what you got to get what you want. And that's all you got right here. When you jump, it's a weapon. So when you say, oh, wow, they're just hollering and running and screaming and jumping over there. I, I like church where you just kind of just sit and receive. <laughs> that's why everybody's losing. Think about it. At a football game, I, I'll be honest, I used to be really into football. I'm not anymore. I just am not. Um, Super Bowl come around, we'll see. Uh, I have a few aughts <laughs> that are unresolved right now with a particular league. I say all that to say this, is that when those players score and, 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 and all that, the people don't, oh, isn't that a wonderful score? <laughs> good, good job. Good job. So why do we come to church like that? If you were at the Bronco game, whether you like them or not, let them score. Woo! 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 And these people will paint their faces. I've seen some of y'all too. They'll get temporary tattoos. They'll do all of that. Because, watch this. Why? Why? They're celebrating a win. Wait a minute. So then why would God tell us to praise? Because we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Which means my praise and worship are weapons, but they're weapons to only seal what's already been sealed by God. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. T touch your neighbor and say, you're going to have to get radical tonight. Then kara, K-A-R-A-R, it means to dance. Now, here's the cool thing about dance. It didn't say dance well. It just means to dance. And here's the other thing about dancing well. Is dancing well is relative because I've seen some people who have a whole different beat pattern going on than the beat. Play something. Okay. So, so everybody on the two and the four. Clap. 
clap. Y'all got it? Two, three, four, one, two. Here's what God says. It don't need to be on the beat. Don't worry about it if you're on the downbeat, the upbeat, offbeat. Bible just says dance, which means whatever you got to do to move. The Bible says when you move, it's a weapon. Say it's a weapon. All right, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Then the final word is tehila, T-E-H-I-L-A-H. It means to sing. Say sing. Here's the other cool thing about this one. It doesn't say you have to sing well. So everybody's like, I don't sing in church because I can't sing good. Well, who said you can't sing good? Listen, by my estimation, most music artists today can't sing good either. So you could be a platinum artist. They got auto-tunes. The computer makes them sound good, which is why when they go out to sing, they got all that equipment over there. It ain't just them. It's very few singers who has a mic and a piano. Most of them got a mic, a piano, a whole computer system to take their voice, put it in that computer, so when it comes out, you're like, she can really sing. No, she can't. That girl is good and terrible. <laughs> that computer's good. Now, check this out. Say, say, say to sing. So we can all sing. We can all sing. How many people you've ever sang in the shower? Come on. No, really? Some of y'all really? Okay. Sang at home? In your car? Listen, if you ever catch me going down the street, it is a full-blown concert. And I will be different parts, shift from vocals to instruments. And don't let it be sunny. I will let the sunroof back. And, and, and it's all Jesus music. And an occasional guy song. But other, most of it's Jesus music, though. Yeah, I don't know guy. Watch this. Say to sing. Y'all talking to me, say to sing. Now, Psalm 22.3 says God is enthroned upon the tehillah of his people. It says praises, but praises there is the Hebrew word tehillah. So every time you see praise and worship, it's actually one of these different words. So when it says, but you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel, praises there actually is the word tehillah. So every time you see praise or worship in scripture, it's one of these nine words more than likely. So check this out. God says, I am enthroned when you sing. So why do we sing so much before the word? So that God sits at the throne. If you know anything about a kingdom, the king doesn't sit at the throne all day. The king only sits on the throne when he's getting ready to make decrees. He only sits on the throne when he's getting ready to make decisions. So the Bible says that God is enthroned or, or, or takes his throne on the singing of his people to let us know that when we sing, that's why we do it before the word. When we sing, God says, I take the throne because I'm getting ready to make some decisions for your favor. So in other words, next time you feel like I just can't sing, you better press through it because what the enemy's trying to do is to keep you from getting God to sit on the throne. Because if God doesn't sit on the throne, there's no decree to be made in your favor. Every king only made decrees when they were sitting at their throne. And whatever they said when they were seated at their throne, it was written and it was done. So let it be written. So let it be done. So let it be. So let it be. So let it be. So let it be. Singing gets that done. Some folk, the reason why you don't see anything's working in your favor is because God says you've not used the weapon. You watch them sing, you don't sing. 
it didn't say you were enthroned on the watching of other people sing. It says you were enthroned on the singing, on the tehillah of your people. So in a moment when we're singing, it ain't just going to be a few of us singing. It's going to be all of us singing. Why? So come Thursday, all of us have used our weapons so that everything that's in our way is going to be knocked down. Somebody holler, I got weapons. So here it is. So those are the nine, the, the nine words for praise. So here's what your praise does. Number one, your praise is your tract. I'm going to alliterate tonight. Your tract. It's point number one. Your praise is your tract. Tract means your position. Second Chronicles 2017. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. This is for somebody to my right. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord is with you. Now, you think I'm playing when I say that kind of stuff. I'm going to read you a testimony here in just a minute. I said it on Sunday night. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Say, position yourselves. So your praise is your position. It's your tract. Every time you find yourself in the face of an enemy or in the face of a problem, your position should be into praise. Say, that's my position. So check it out. Anytime something comes against you, here's what normally our position is. God is like, you're out of position. Out of position, which is out of order, too. You're, you're not in your track. You're out of position. So when you're out of position, what does that mean? That means you're subject to be taken down. I like playing shooting games at uh, arcades. Anybody else, you, you, you know, ever go to Dave and Buster or something like that? I like doing the shooting games, and I'm, like, serious about it, too. Like, I'm very serious about it. Like, people are trying to talk and be like, please. When I'm done, until then, I got to win. Even if I'm only beating who I'm playing, <laughs> got to win. So I'm serious about it, too. So I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm positioned. I got it ready to go. And then, you know, if I'm feeling kind of thuggish, I turn it to the side. <laughs> you know, and then I kind of square up like this here. Be like, back up, alien, back up, alien. Ain't no ghost gonna bother me. So what? <laughs> Say it's my position. Praise and worship in the Bible is referred to as a garment. Check it out. It's a garment that's your position. Hmm. Isaiah 61 3. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. Get the message on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, our mobile app, uh, auto message. It says, Appoint to them that morn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. It says it's a garment. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the plan of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You put on garments. Check it out. In other words, so it's not about how I feel because I put it on. No, you're missing it. Some of us, we won't use our weapon because we're like, I just don't feel it. And you're not even getting it. Who cares about how you feel? There's sometimes you don't feel like forgiving, but you do it. Sometimes you don't feel like going to work, but you do it. And sometimes you don't feel like smiling, but you do it. So the Bible says, put on the garment of praise. If I put the garment on, the garment covers me, even if I didn't feel like putting it on. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? So for some of you, you need to get up out of your feelings and up out of your emotions because you had a rough day. You are not the only one that had a rough day. You need to realize, put on the garment of praise. Well, the spirit of heaviness, it covers me even if I didn't feel like putting it on. 
So I'm not being emotional. It's to alter my emotions. Here's the second thing. Your praise is a thermostat. What's the thermostat do? It sets the temperature. I'm giving you lots of scripture. Here it is. 1 Samuel 16, 16. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who's a skillful player on the harp. Talking about David here before he was king. Before David was king, he was a musician. Why did David make it to the throne? Because he knew how to praise and worship. Was he most qualified? No, but he knew how to praise and worship. <laughs> there are some places you'll get because you're a praiser and you're a worshiper that other folk won't get even though they're more talented and skilled than you. All right. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. It's talking about King Saul. So this distressing spirit, uh, uh, spirit when come on King Saul, he gets stressed out. Somebody say he's stressed out. When he was stressed out, look at verse 23. And so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play it with his hand and Saul would be refreshed and well and the distressing spirit with what? Depart from him. What did David's praise and worship do? It set the temperature. What, is, what do we call that? A thermostat. Here's what a thermostat does. Ooh, it's hot. Now I set the whole atmosphere from one control panel. What if the reason your days keep getting a hold of you is because at the beginning of the day, you're not doing anything to set it. You let the temperature be set for you rather than setting the temperature. What if the reason there's so much hell going on in your household is because y'all just let whatever goes on set the temperature. You let the news set the temperature, the kids set the temperature, this, that, and the other set the temperature. When instead of waking up and say, for the first 10 minutes, it ain't going to be nothing but praise and worship going on in here. So that when we leave this house, we leave with the thermostat set right. Which means anything that comes against us won't be unto it because we've used our weapons. Somebody say, I got weapons. Which brings you to my next point. Number three, praise troubles what's troubling you. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Praise troubles what's troubling you. Uh, in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, I've taught on it before uh, in great, uh, in great uh, depth. I want to look at this particular verse. The Bible says, and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord. Say, and when they began. And, and uh, matter of fact, I'm going to have you uh, to read this verse. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 22. Verse number 22. Now, they were in this battle. All these people were coming against them. They fasted. When they fasted, they said, you're not going to need to fight this battle. Just praise and worship. Doesn't that sound crazy? Doesn't that sound? But God, what's, what's God often makes no sense to us. Because God's not carnal. He's spiritual. So we're trying to make sense. God's making faith. <laughs> Walk on the water. What? Don't you mean swim, cross? See, some of you, you're working so hard because you don't listen to instructions. You say, walk on it. You're swimming in it. But tonight... <laughs> I sense a supernatural shift for everybody that's in this place tonight, for everybody that's watching on every digital campus. Somebody say, there's a shift. There's a shift. What is a shift? It means it looked like it was going one way, but a shift says, oop, it moved over this way. And what way is it moving? In your favor, in your direction. Somebody say, a shift is in the room tonight. Say it like you mean it. Say, a shift is in the room tonight. Verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to what? Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to read it. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Wait a minute. These people were troubling the nation. 
And when they started troubling the nation, the nation started praising. And the Bible says when they began to praise, God set some enemies to go trouble what was troubling them. Could it be that tonight you're going to release such a praise in this place? That watch this. What looked like it was winning, it's going to turn and shift tonight. And all of a sudden, come here, come here. I've been using you a lot lately. Just come on. All right. All right, come on. Now, if you, if you don't let me win, you're out. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right, all right. Let's take an arm wrestling, right? All right, okay, so, okay. So now, I'm the people of Judah. This is Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. That's him, okay? Y'all with me? So here's what praise and worship does for you. Touch your neighbor and say, this is powerful. Try another neighbor just to see if they'll just smile a little bit more and say, this is powerful. So here's, here's what happens. Here's what happened. So up until verse 21, here's what was happening. You can go and put a little something on. You can put a little something on. And they were struggling. And they were struggling. And while they were struggling, they started to say, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to your name, Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said ambushes against their enemies. There's some stuff that... There's some stuff that's about to shift. Yeah. 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 His last thing, last thing, last thing, last thing. Last thing. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fourth thing, I'm done. Praise thanks. Say praise thanks. Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas are out preaching the gospel. They get locked up. Wouldn't let them out. No, literally, they wouldn't let them out. They're locked up. Won't let them out for preaching the gospel. Which means you can do right and still have wrong happen. <laughs> I've learned that. <laughs> you can do right and still wake up and say, what in the heaven? And use another word. Where the honest people at on Wednesday? Got to be real in church. If you be real, if you're real, you can be healed. Acts 16, 25. So they're locked up. And you think that the right thing to do is to start crafting your appeal. To start working on your argument. To start looking at all of the, the legal scholars to ask them to let them see in Roman culture they would have called them one of the proconsuls and let, let, let them let them do that that would have made sense it would have made sense for them to start organizing a rally you know free Paul and Silas no justice no peace free Paul and Silas let them go <laughs> you know get Paul off the wall get Paul off the wall that would have made sense but the weapons of our warfare are not. They are not. So the stuff that makes sense ain't the stuff God wants to see. So they're locked up, and the Bible says they're in the inner prison. So you got big jail, and then they're in solitary. They're in solitary, locked up to where all their, their, uh, uh, their feet are uh, uh, locked down, hands are locked down, everything about them is locked down. 
So Paul and Silas, look at Acts 16, verse number 25. It's late. Late in the midnight hour. But a song says, that's when God turns it around. At midnight, and here's what I love about midnight. Midnight is this. Simultaneously, it's Wednesday and Thursday. And for that one minute, they're both days at the same time. Yeah, 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 I missed it. You missed it, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it. I am simultaneously leaving one day, entering another day. Here's the trip. But it doesn't look like a new day because it's still dark. Can you praise him in the dark? Now, you, you, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Can, 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 can you praise him before it's paid for? Can you celebrate before you conquer? Acts 16.25. And we're getting ready to go right through there. Acts 16.25. Watch this. What they got, Paul? I do like the song, though. And they wouldn't let him out. Paul and Silas are like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They ain't even set bail. No, let's be practical here. They ain't set bail. They, they didn't give us, we don't even know what we're arrested for. There's no Miranda rights. See, some of y'all are facing stuff where you're like, this is not even remotely fair. <laughs> Who am I talking to? You're like, none of this is fair. And I'm going to tell you, since the devil didn't fight fair, why do you fight fair? What do you mean, Bishop? Since he's not fighting fair, why in the world are you trying to play the game in a fair manner? What do you mean in a fair manner, Bishop? If my praise and worship are weapons and he doesn't fight fair, why in the world am I sitting in church like this? I ought to be in church. Since the enemy didn't fight fair, watch me praise God like I lost my mind. Somebody say, I ain't fighting fair. Say it again, I ain't fighting fair. Yeah, but at midnight. Yeah! Paul and Silas. They were praying. because Why were they praying? Praying means to ask. They were asking, God, what do we do? To everybody in who's been like, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do for money? What am I supposed to do about this? How am I supposed to get through this? What am I supposed to do about this? That's what praying means. It means to ask. Here's what happens. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Watch this. Then they started singing. What's singing? Tehillah. What happens when we sing? God takes the throne. You know why they didn't need to see a judge? You better be quicker than that. You know why they didn't need to see a natural judge? It's because when they started praising God, the judge of all judges sat at the bench. And when he sat at the bench, he ruled in their favor. And he said, change, let them go. And the Bible says there was a great earthquake. And when there was a great earthquake, the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. And everybody's chains were loose. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait one un momento. What? They said, Lord, what do we need to do? God said, sing. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They don't make natural sense. But they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. When they started praising, the Bible says the prisoners were listening to them. Check this out. And suddenly, verse 26, say suddenly. Bishop Foreman, why would you say a shift tonight? Because I just, I can read. When they praised him, what happens? There was an instantaneous shift. When they praised him, there was an instantaneous shift. When they praised him, instantaneously, they went from prisoners locked up falsely with no charges to the next moment, the judge that's superior to every other judge. See, you're trying to figure out who's at the bench. I don't need to know who's at the bench. I know who built the bench. Ah, ah. There was a great earthquake. So here's what happens. God sits at the bench, and God says, huh, y'all been messing with Paul Silas now? Here's the trip. Y'all say, what's the trip, Bishop? Earthquakes happened all the time in this region of the earth. So watch this. And the prison had never loosened anybody before. Earthquakes happen here all the time. So what happened now that now that earthquakes got everybody loose? Because something supernatural happened. When they started singing, God used something natural to do something supernatural. You're missing it. Earthquakes happen in this part of the world all the time. They still happen today all the time. Uh, they're little tremors, they're little earthquakes, uh, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, etc. right in that range. Check this out. What's significant? Say, what's significant, Bishop? And I'm getting ready to close. What's significant is that when they started using their weapons, God weaponized something that was natural. Weaponized means he took a mic and made it a machine gun. You're not hearing what I'm saying? He, he took something natural and he weaponized it. Can I tell you that you keep thinking you need God to give you this, that, and the other? No. I'm going to tell you he's going to take what you got and weaponize it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Everything you need, God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, which means God says, I'm going to take what you got, but baby, I'm about to weaponize it. Shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. Say, he's going to weaponize it. Woo! Say, he's going to weaponize it. In other words, you ain't walking out of here like some lazy, slouchy soldier. You're walking out of here suited, and you're walking out of here booted. Somebody out of here. Yeah! All right, stop. I don't normally preach like that. Watch. Watch this. I'm done. And immediately. I'm done. Put the verse up. And immediately. Say immediately. Immediately. Watch this. Anybody you need got to open some doors for you? What's a doorman? An opportunity. Let me show you how to get it open. Here's what you've been doing. Uh, 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 here's my resume. Here's my experience. Here's all the things I've done. Here's my website. Here's my mixtape. Uh, 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 uh. uh, Y'all missing it. Uh, I'm missing it. To the single people, here's all my list of qualifications. super quiet right there. You've been knocking. God doesn't respond to knocking at doors. Not like that. 
Here's what he responds to. Put the verse up. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to Hila. What's that? Praise and worship. Suddenly, God weaponized something that was normal so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately, watch this. Look at me. Look at me. You looking at me? You sure? At me, not the screen, me. What doors were open? Wait, 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 wait. What if there was a day coming where your issue wasn't, watch this, Lord, I need an open door. It was, Lord, there's so many open doors. Let me talk to you because they ain't saying nothing. What if, what if? It wasn't an issue of God, please open one door. What if tonight on the last day, Shandabaha, the last day of October, on a day the world calls Halloween, but it's a day we say hallelujah. What if God opened? What if God opened? What if God opened? What if God opened? So you've been taught, so now let's demonstrate. Somebody, anybody, everybody, pray. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on, yeah. Come on, praise him. I dare somebody to leap. I dare somebody to run. I dare somebody to shout. Come on, Wednesday, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. You ought to take you 60 seconds and just... Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. 
And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's.